Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Arise to Truth. My name is Wesley Simons. I preach for the Stony Creek Church of Christ in Elizabethton, Tennessee. And I'm Eddie Kraft, the co-director of the Tri-City School of Preaching Christian Development right here in beautiful Elizabethton, Tennessee. I'm Tim Phillips. I'm Dean of Instructors for the Tri-City School of Preaching and Christian Development. And I'm Michael Jordan. I'm the Dean of Media for the Tri-City School of Preaching and Christian Development. And we are tickled to death to have these men here. We're tickled to death to have you with us. If you are where you can, please go get your Bible, pencil, and paper. And for the next one hour, study with us the greatest of all books, the inspired, inerrant, perfect will of God. Now, as you go by or go to get your Bibles, stop by the telephone, call a friend, a loved one, and tell them that the Arise to Truth radio program is on the air. If you're local, we're located 690 on your AM dial. If you're out of town, out of state, out of country, no problem. Get on the Internet. Type in AriseToTruth.com. When our web page comes up, click on the banner. Listen live here. You got us. Up close and personal. And you can even be a part of our radio program. To all of you who have called, sent emails, letters, thank you much for being a part of the Arise to Truth radio program. As we say, this program is your program. We study what you want to study. We go where you want to go. Now today we're coming to you live from Studio A right here at the Tri-City School of Preaching and Christian Development. So please feel free, if you desire, to be a part of the Arise to Truth radio program. Now we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. Now keep in mind that the first missionary journey has just been completed by Paul and Barnabas. And then a problem arises. In verse 1, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Now these people came down from Judea as if though they had been sent from Judea. Well, up in Judea, you got Jerusalem. And you've got the pillars of the church up there, so to speak, the apostles. You got James. And these men come down and say, Oh, I got I got news for you fellas. Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Now, fellas. One of the biggest problems in the religious world today is that the average denominational preacher, number one, and person in the world, number two, they do not make the correct distinction between Old Testament and New Testament. That's right. When I do the prison ministry or jail ministry and I try to teach those inmates, I try to show them there's a difference between Old Testament law New Testament law. And when they see it, I tell them, you already know more than most denominational preachers. 
Some of these denominational preachers will go to Psalm 150 trying to justify mechanical instruments of music. Some will go to the dietary laws of the law of Moses trying to say you can't eat certain meats, you can't eat this, you can't do that. Some will try to bind the way you dress based on the Old Testament. You can't wear anything that pertaineth unto a man speaking to a woman. But yet they will not practice other principles found in that same chapter. Gentlemen, what will happen if one really went back and tried to just himself, uh, justify himself by Old Testament law? What does the Bible say? Wesley can't do it. You fall from grace. Yeah. And by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. That's right. So you can't do that. They could not find complete justification other than in promise in the Old Testament. Under New Testament Christianity, we have forgiveness of sins in reality. Right. And so on the Pentecost, first Pentecost following the resurrection of Christ, those people could be forgiven of their sins. Not rolled them forward, but forgiven. But under the Old Testament law, which is written for our learning, we cannot be forgiven. And like Tim said, Galatians 5, 4, we'd fall from grace if we tried to be justified by the old law. Yeah, that's exactly right. Matter of fact, uh, in Acts, this same chapter, Acts 15, verse 24, it says, For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls or misleading your heart, basically, mm-hmm. saying you must be circumcised and keep the law. Now, they're saying you've got to be circumcised and keep the law. What, what law? The law of Moses. To whom we gave no such commandment. They didn't give no such commandment because the law of Moses was nailed to Calvary's cl- uh, cross. Colossians 2, uh, 14-16. Ephesians 2, 14-16. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 13. It was done away. Now, are we st- still under law today? Yeah, the New Testament law. Matter of fact... In Hebrews chapter seven verse twelve, the Bible there teaches for the priest to, uh, for the uh, for it's made of necessity for the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. So there was a law uh, that took the place of the Old Testament law, mm-hmm. and it was the law of Christ that uh, took the place of the Old Testament law system or the. Uh, law system uh, under the Old Testament because under the Old Testament law system, under the law of Moses, in order for one to be a priest, they had to be of the tribe of Levi. Well, Jesus Christ was not of the tribe of Levi. He was of the tribe of Judah. Right. So, the law had to change in order for Jesus Christ to be our high priest. And it's like you said, Wesley, there's got to be made a distinction between the Old Testament law system and the New Testament law system. And these men here uh, that come down and taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. They were adding to the New Testament law system. They were, they were teaching this right here. They were teaching this. He that believeth and is baptized and is circumcised and keeps the law of Moses shall be saved. Mm-hmm. They were teaching Judaism 16.16. That's right. And they were making... And and they made it an exception clause, except this was necessary in order for you to be saved. And you got people today that are that are saying this. They're they're coming up with their different plans of salvation. Except 
you say the alien sinner's prayer. you got to say the alien sinner's prayer. Well, where's Bible authority for that? Or come to the mourner's bench. They might give that as their exception clause. Or you just have to just believe only in Jesus, faith only, or grace only. And they make it that the exception clause. Why don't we just go by God's exception clause? But here they made an exception clause that God did not place upon the people in order to obey the gospel, Wesley. That's exactly right. Except a man be born to water and the Spirit, he shall not enter into the kingdom of God. And I do not have a right to change that if I want to go to heaven. That's very important. Now, I want you to notice these people came down from Judea. Well, guess where the church started? In Judea, out of Jerusalem, according to... Acts 2, verse 5, Luke 24, 47, that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name beginning at Jerusalem. So if men come down from Judea, you think they would have credentials and authority to say, look, here is where we must stand. So we have people that are claiming, in essence, to be sent, when in reality, they haven't been sent. Let me tell you what God has laid on my heart and what you need to do to be saved today, they'll tell you. Oh, yeah, see, and you think, man, they've been sent from God. No, they've not been sent from God. Tim, is there any Bible that shows that some people ran, as it were, claiming they've been sent from God, when in reality they were not sent from God at all? Oh, most definitely. You got in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is just filled with this right here. In Jeremiah 23 and verse 21, he says, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them. Yet they prophesied. Now notice, God didn't send them, but they ran anyway. And they prophesied anyway. And then in Jeremiah fourteen fourteen, the Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies, watch this, in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination, and a thing of naught and watch this, and deceit of their heart. Mm-hmm. Now, I say this in love and kindness to those who teach the doctrine of faith only. Come to the mourner's bench. Do the alien sinner's prayer. It's a deceit of the heart. And one church is good as another. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Once saved, always saved. What they're doing, Tim and Wesley, they're preaching peace, peace, when there is no peace. Now, Jeremiah talked about that, too. That's right. In Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 14 They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. And the eighth chapter of the same book of Jeremiah, in verse number 11, you have the same thing. Listen to it. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. And so you go through 614, you find the same thing. Over and over again, Jeremiah is trying to get his hearers and listeners to pay attention to the fact these false prophets are running wild and they're saying stuff you know uh, Jeremiah saying you're going into captivity 
And the false prophet said, no, you're not going to go into captivity. You're God's people. West Hammy Times and Tim and, and Michael, have we heard on this program somebody say, well, if you're a child of God, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. You wouldn't commit adultery. You wouldn't get drunk. You wouldn't. Friends, that's in essence saying if you're a child of God, you'll never be tempted. A lot of people who became children of God did a lot of things they were not supposed to do. Ask David. Ask David. That's good, Wesley. He committed adultery with Bathsheba, had Uriah the Hittite killed, and then people who believe that ungodly doctrine of once saved, always saved, trying to say, oh, if you're a child of God, you wouldn't want to do that. Then David must not have been a child of God. Isn't that amazing? Peace, peace. Yeah. Or God will strike him dead for doing it. Our God will beat him back into line. Well, did he get Judas Iscariot beat back into line? What about those ungodly angels that are now in hell awaiting eternal punishment? What about them? You know, it's, it amazes me. Now, Tim, as we look at verse 2, well, let me ask you this for a while. Look at verse 2. They came down teaching circumcision and the law of Moses. Is there any circumcision that's bound upon us in essence today? Oh, most definitely the circumcision of the heart. You know, you got to make sure that you uh, that your heart's right and that we make sure that we're uh, doing those right things. That's right. That's, that's very uh, important. Over in uh, Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Mm-hmm. Neither is that circumcision, circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So you must have your heart circumcised. And that's very important. But see here that uh, these men that come down, they were teaching fleshly circumcision. That's right, Tim. Instead of the spiritual circumcision. And, you know, uh, don't you think Colossians 2 is also a good parallel? Oh, yeah. With that uh, Romans 2, Tim, when you look at, what is it, verses 11 and 12, you might want to deal with that, too, where it's showing the same thing, I think, that you got in 28, 29 of Romans 2, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Watch this uh, in Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 11. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. That's, that's that's circumcision of the heart. And putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. How's that done? Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. You know, when, when uh, Saul of Tarsus, he come to Ananias, Ananias, or, or Ananias come to Saul of Tarsus, excuse me, and he told him, And now what tearest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. When Saul of Tarsus did that, there was the operation of God that took place to get rid of his sin problem. You know, uh, fellas, and he was circumcised of the heart. Right. Just like my wife just recently had hip surgery. Well, she needed hip surgery. She could have said, I'm not going to go to that doctor and have hip surgery. He's not operating on me. And she could have ended up dead. Right. Yeah. But now, that had been the same thing. What, Tim, if, if Saul of Tarsus said, now, Ananias, I'm not going to get in that water. I'm not going to be baptized. He would have been refusing 
an operation that God wanted to have done upon his heart. And a lot of people, Wesley, can't ever make the dots connect. I don't see what water's got to do with anything. Well, if God commanded it, it would be enough. That's right. Okay, he does. But when you have these other things. Now, you guys mentioned these false prophets, and you mentioned other things like the mourner's bench, salvation, the sinner's prayer. Wesley, you know and I know. Tim and Michael know. There's denominational preachers listen to this program. Oh, yeah. Now, they could solve this real easy. By just calling in and saying, well, here's your verse that teaches the sinner's prayer. How easy would that be to do? That's right. And I'm confident they'd have done it a long time ago if they could do so, but they know they do not have the verse to back it. And Wesley and Eddie and Michael, you think about this. Here's these men that, that come down here. They're, they're teaching this. At one time, that was authorized by God. Oh, yes. that's right. Yeah, the circumcision of the flesh and the law of Moses, at one time that was authorized by God under the law of Moses. That's right. But then it was taken out of the way, nailed to the uh, cross of Calvary, according to Colossians 2, uh, 14 through 16. Mm-hmm. But these things that people teach today, such as faith only, come to the mourner's bench, uh, the alien sinner's prayer, one church is just as good as another, one uh, saved, always. One saved, always saved. There has never been any Bible authority for those things. Never, never been any Bible authority. Yeah. Now, what shall we do, people, when someone shows up teaching error? Well, look at verse two. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them. Oh, through the 30-some-odd years we've been live on ZAP, we've had callers get upset. Wesley, it seems like when a person calls in, you disagree with them. Well, they're teaching error, yes. But look at all the people I've agreed with through the years. I get no credit for that. But yet we are obligated to stand for that which is right. You're fighting for their soul. Fighting for their soul. You better believe it. You mean to tell me if a man or a woman calls the program and says Jesus Christ was a fraud, Wesley's supposed to sit here with his mouth shut? Or there is no God in heaven? You mean to tell me I'm supposed to sit here with my mouth shut? Or the Bible is not the inspired, inerrant, perfect will of God. You mean to tell me I've got to sit here with my mouth shut and say nothing? If I love the Lord, I will be a soldier of Christ. Take out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and in love and kindness, show that individual, here's what the Bible says. See, that's my obligation. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Oh, but Wesley, one thing I don't discuss or argue about is politics or religion. My, my, that's a cop-out, friends. They're trying to nice people to hell. Yeah, that's a cop-out. You and I, we've got to do like the Lord. Look at the Lord in the battles with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, etc., while he was upon the face of the earth. Why? Because he loved his heavenly Father and he loved truth. And gentlemen, we got to and he loved and he loved the souls of those that he was uh, trying to teach. Absolutely. Even though they crucified him. That's right. You know, guys, something else too. Just like today, wasn't it a great privilege to be associated with the Tri City School of Preaching Christian Development? Oh yeah. During chapel this morning. 
Yeah. We hear a first-year student, Brother Clevenger, get up and talk about bridging the gap. That's it. Yeah. Bridging the gap. And what an encouraging lesson that was. It And his lesson, folks, ladies and gentlemen, was basically saying, we can't stand by and be silent. That's We've it. got to take a stand. Ezekiel said, bridge the gap. Jeremiah trying to bridge the gap. God sent his men into the world to bridge the gap. And when he asked uh, Moses, who will go for me, Moses wanted to kind of cop out. But Joshua said, or Isaiah said, I'll go. Yeah, here am I, Lord. Send me. That's right. And we need more people with the attitude. You know, Wesley, when the Lord encouraged his disciples in one of the many places, but to pray, he said, you pray the Lord of harvest that he'll send forth laborers into the vineyard. The field is wide unto harvest. Stony Creek is ripe for the picking. We just need some pickers. That's right. That's exactly right. Now, look at the second part of the verse. That not only were Paul and Barnabas ready to take on the false teachers, the Bible says they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other men should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. They, that's the Lord's church, the congregation. That's right. There at Antioch. Hey, this has got to be settled. You can't have two plans of salvation and both be right. Now, that's what it amounts to. The group that came down from Judea, like Tim said a moment ago, if you'll believe, baptize, be circumcised, keep the law of Moses, you'll be saved. No, no. That's not what the Word of God says. Paul knew that. Barnabas knew that. The church knew that. And so the church at Antioch said, let's go up and get it settled. Let's go up to the apostles. Now, this is not a conference where they're going to go up there and vote on which way they want it. This is going to be direct revelation from God Almighty, what God Christ and the Holy Spirit led these men to teach and to practice. It's a wonder, somebody, if it had been today, somebody said, well, they don't believe in the Old Testament. You yeah. know, they made that charge against them. Oh, yeah. You're trying to say what Moses taught. No, friends, it had been abrogated, nailed to the cross, done that's away right. Yeah, that's right. So we want, we don't live under that's right. that law. You know, Wesley, I preached a sermon a while back here at Stony Creek on the book of Psalms, and it talked about the playing of instrumental music, and I mm-hmm. pointed out. See, they had authorization to do that in the That's Old right. Testament. Yeah. We live under a dispensation. Now we're to sing and make melody in our hearts to the Lord. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you got to uh, understand this, too, that like, like you said, Wesley, they're not going to go up there and vote. I mean, those things have already been settled in that's heaven right. and in earth, according to Matthew 16, verse 19. That's right. And, that, and that's very important. And uh, they're going to uh, straighten out this mess and trying to trying to teach these men and others the truth of the matter, and I, and that's very important because I mean here they're trying to teach these Gentiles you got to do this in order to be saved. Well, if that be the case, I mean if that be the case, you can't even either Peter did wrong in what he preached to Cornelius in his household, or he did that which was right. It was one way or the other. You can't have two plans of salvation. No, that's right. Either either one of the others are wrong or maybe both are wrong. That's right. How are you going to determine that? You're going to determine it by truth. And they're going to determine this by truth. You know, the religious world teaches that truth is neither absolute nor attainable. Why you believe what you want to believe, I believe what I want to believe, and we'll just go to heaven taking different routes. Show that to me in the Word of God, friends. 
That's not in the Word of God. You mean to tell me that God is not smart enough in order to write a book so that we can understand it? Michael? You know, Wesley, these verses in Galatians chapter 1 are to really grab hold of us and take seed and grow. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Watch what Paul said by inspiration. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not, watch it, is not another. But there, are, there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, if, if someone preaches anything else but what God's word says, it are to trouble us. That's right. It are to trouble us because Paul says that we should not listen to them. Because when they teach something that the Bible does not teach, they're not proving all things and holding fast to that which is good, First Thessalonians 5. Now, I, you know what Eddie said a while ago about Steve preaching about you know standing in the gap? It's, it's time for us to stand in the gap and be troubled about what these false teachers are teaching, but we're laying back and not doing anything about it. And that ought to really trouble us to get ready, uh, get, get right, and do what's right. Look at verse 3. I want to show you the attitude of the Lord's church at Antioch, the attitude of Paul and Barnabas. They were not going up there to find out had they done the right thing. They knew they had done the right thing, right. and they knew what truth was without doubt. Verse 3 says, And being brought on their way by the church. Notice the church encourage them. Encouraging them, go up there. Stand for what's right against those false teachers. They pass through Phoenicia and Samaria. Now look what they're declaring. Declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. And they cause great joy unto all the brethren. So notice that, if you will, please. Arise to truth. You on the air? Go ahead, please. Hey, Wesley Simons. Uh, I'm the guy who called on the top of the last program and, uh, about the uh, marriage uh, and my wife's uh, uh, caliating. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that I'm just. I'm gonna call myself Mr. Archive because that's how I listen. So I have no idea what you're talking about. But I talked to my wife that day, uh, and she told me that they did uh, come back together, um, and they both forgave each other, and they were together again for three years before he cheated again. So based upon my study and then listening to you guys by archives, he then. As they came together, would it she then be the innocent party? Okay, now let, let me, uh, I, I want my mind refreshed as well as I want all the listeners to be able to understand what we're talking about. So uh, refresh our minds about the breakup originally, and then they came back together. Who fornicated originally? Okay. And retaliated 
out of anger against him. Okay. And then that's how we left it on the last program. Okay. And right. then so we uh, talked to each other, you know, after I called the other day because it was, you know, major implications of if you're living in sin. So we talked, and she said that they actually came back together uh, for two years uh, together, you know, without, you know, sleeping around or anything, and they forgave each other. And then he again left another woman and got her pregnant and then finally filed a divorce. She never did anything with another man until after divorce was fine. Okay, all right. Let me make sure I got it correctly. All right. Your wife was married to this man. He fornicated, and she, out of retaliation, fornicated as well. But they got back together. After they got back together, and we're assuming both of them were qualified to be married to start with, after they got back together... Then he fornicates again, and she puts him away for that cause of fornication, right? Yeah. That's, correct. That's correct. All right. If all those facts are true, then I would contend she has a right to remarry. Yeah. Okay? Right. All right. Now, also, too, Wesley Simons, um, I don't know if uh, you guys can do it or not, but uh, I know you always start the top of the program, you know, go get you a pencil or paper for the next one hour study with us. Right. Have you ever thought maybe doing maybe bumper stickers you know, for advertisement type stuff, free advertisement? No, I, that, uh, that's a good suggestion. It really is. Yes, I've thought about it. And we have business cards with advertisement on it about the radio program. But now, sir, that's a good suggestion. Thank you for it. Yeah, because we, I live down here in Florida, and I, I'll put it on my car, and then that'll help get the word out as, as well. Uh, I, it's just an idea, you know. I, that's great. Why, why don't you uh, write us? My address will be given at the end of the program. Make that suggestion again and leave your address, and if we do bumper stickers, we'll send you one. Or more than well, one. That's awesome, Wesley. Okay. And one last thing, Wesley, and I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, during my studies, when I was uh, first starting out to read the Word of God, it was brought to my attention, and you guys talk about it in your past program, of the sum of God's Word, the S-U-M. And it really finally had a, I had an aha moment. And somebody sat down with me and went through the account with uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and with uh, um, Malchus in his right ear. Somebody sat down and put all four of the Gospels together, you know, each one says a little bit of something else, but then they come together and form, you know, the correct story. you got to talk about it, but that also helped me with when they came to the plan of salvation. They put the four Gospels together here, believe and confess, and then, of course, then the Acts account. But then they also followed it as far back as, uh, you know, the Church and the establishment of the Church. And I had an aha moment because I've never thought about the Scripture that way. Maybe it'll help your audience if uh, maybe went Okay, that's a great suggestion as well, sir. All right, anything else? You guys keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you later. Hey, okay, say so you're listening in, down in Florida? Yes, 
I'm down here in Florida, and actually I've called a couple times, and you actually sent me some information about the book of Revelation last time I called a while back ago. And I appreciate that study, because that actually helped me a lot as well. So you guys taught my spiritual growth a lot, and of course I, I am like the Bereans, and I search the scriptures Amen. to even see if what you guys are saying is correct. As Amen. Well. So Amen. I Amen to that. growth and everything that you guys have been showing me through the study, and uh, you know, and uh, a, a thus saith the Lord. Okay, well, thank you much for listening and calling. Okay, bye. Well, we appreciate that. There's a listener down in the great state of Florida. I love Florida, except when Tennessee plays the Florida Gators. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, he made some great suggestions. He sure did. Us. You know that lesson on Malchus? And uh, yes. Peter cutting his ear off, and how you had to put all the books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together to get all the facts. Isn't that wonderful? That proves, like he said, that it's the sum of God's Word that is true, and that's what we want. Yeah, well, right. yeah I mean, we got you know, uh, a class here dealing with uh, alleged contradictions right. in the Bible. Once again, you got to uh, take the sum, S-U-M, of God's Word and rightly divide it in order to come up with truth. The truth is there. we got to dig. Tim, what some people do is take some, S-O-M-E, That's right. of God's Word. Nearly every religious group can prove some of what they teach, but they can't prove all of what they teach. Or they just they stop too soon. That's right. They teach, yeah. and what they teach is right, but they just don't go on and teach that- more that they should be teaching. You know, Wesley, at the jail ministry, uh, we teach them three rules of studying the Bible. Context, context, context. And when you put the verse in context where it means, uh, where it needs to be, and where God put it, then it will be what it needs to be. Okay, I got a question. Of those three rules, which one's the most important? All three of them. Context. (laughs) All I wanted you to say, Michael, was context. Yeah, but that's three rules, though. But, 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 you know, even in in the English class that I teach, a lot of people think in Acts chapter 2 that the 120 received the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is take your pronouns and nouns and learn the English language how to do that, and you can rightly divide the word of truth. You know, uh, Wesley, the man made a great point. I'm like the Bereans. I even check y'all out. Absolutely. How many times have we said on this program, check us out? Uh-huh. Wesley, every listener to this program sold is too valuable to put put their souls in our hands. Oh, absolutely. Go buy the book, the That's Word right. of God. That's exactly right. You know, Wesley, We tell people, don't take our word on anything. That's right. Check us out. But now, be fair. Don't just right. check us out. Check out the Baptist preacher, the Methodist preacher, Billy Graham. Billy Graham's going to be held accountable judgment day for sending more people to a devil's hell probably than anybody else. You know why? He didn't check it out, and people didn't check him out. And don't don't forget the faith healers, too. Oh, yeah, these faith healers. Joe Osteen. Joe Osteen, that's right. That's exactly right. It, it amazes me. Check us all out. Check that's us right. all out. That's right. Uh, what was you going to say, Michael? I kept talking when you wanted to say something. I don't know. That was too long ago. I didn't forget it. <laughs> Boy, Con- context. Hey, context. I'm probably. not looking. I'm not looking forward, fellas, to getting his age. <laughs> Great, I'm not Scott. either. So. <laughs> All right, verse four. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles 
and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. Now, if it's true that God did these things with them on that first missionary journey and other works that had been done, and these things are inspired and can't be wrong, then we know these things are right, and those guys that went down from Judea are false teachers. We understand that they uh, that when Paul went on this missionary journey, his first missionary journey, him and Barnabas, they taught the correct plan of salvation because the Apostle Paul is led by the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's you know, exactly I, right. I really love this fourth verse, Wesley, because he shows you that every Christian involved, the church, the apostles, and elders. Yeah. I'm afraid a lot of times the elders have the mindset we make the rules up. We'll go. We'll do this, this, and this, and the church will just have to like it. No, friends, listen. The church, the apostles, and all of us work together. That's right. We work together. Now, the apostles have a work. Yes, the elders have a job to do, and it's outlined for you in the pages of the Word of God. But it's not a big eye, little you kind of thing. It's not lording over God's heritage. Ed, and when we talk about elders making a decision. And making rules. We're talking about in areas of judgment. Right. God's done made the other rules. He's done made all the spiritual rules. That's right. The elders, they're to uphold the spiritual rules. The church, it's to uphold the spiritual rules. Every member of the church is to uphold the spiritual rules. And that's exactly right. And Wesley, if they don't declare the things that God says and teaches, then the apostles, the elders, and the church should not receive them. That's they right. received these men. Like right. you said, this wasn't a Jerusalem conference, so to speak, where they go up and determine, say, well, should we ha- accept that, which we have no Bible authority for, that kind of thing. They went and gathering together to make the rules. Yeah, God makes the rules. We just follow them. Eddie, I remember when the Southern Baptist Association... We're trying to vote and figure out where hell ought to be a matter of fellowship or not, and whether viewing the Bible as being inspired ought to be a matter of fellowship or not. Who in the world gave anybody the right to vote on a Bible doctrine, whether it should be accepted or not accepted? Now, that's why we have... 45,000 religious groups claiming to follow Christianity. Mm -hmm. In their minds, in their doctrines, they have voted. We do faith only here. We kick baptism out. We do churches not important here. We kick that out. Lord's Supper not important. We kick that out. Living the Christian life is not important. If you want to be a practicing homosexual, you can come here. If you want to marry a man, men, you can come here. My, 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 these churches stand for little or nothing. No wonder atheism is growing the way that it is. Then they put a big sign up at the end of town, worship at the church of your choice. That's right, rather than God's choice. Rather than God's. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's sad. And when you take a look at verse 5, it says, But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed. This right here was a... Uh, the Pharisees that obeyed the gospel Absolutely. They believed, but look what they were teaching, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. They were trying to press this upon the Gentiles. Tim, are you saying a member of the Lord's church could teach error? Oh, most definitely, and they did teach error. That's right. 
What should you do, Tim, against a member of the church that teaches error? Need to stand against them and, and show them that they're in error themselves and that they need to repent of it. That's right. Do it in love. Yes, but that's right. do it. It's got to be done, ladies and gentlemen. You see, we've got to so, earnestly contend for the faith, Jude 3. Yeah. Now, Tim, would you perceive that if these people continued teaching this error, that God would stay in fellowship with those who once were born again? No, God would not stay in fellowship with, with these people teaching that which was wrong because they would be teaching another gospel, as Ma, uh, Michael pointed out from Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. That's right. That's exactly right. So notice then, verse 6, And the apostles and elders came together for to consider this matter. Now they were cons- going to consider it from the historical perspective of what God had led them to teach and what had been done. Right. Not to teach it from the standpoint or consider it from the standpoint, well, let's vote. Let's go ahead and vote on it, and maybe we got enough here to vote that maybe men ought to be circumcised in the flesh and keep the law of Moses. <laughs> That's not what's taking place here. Or even if all. they were in doubt, of, well, did we actually teach that which was wrong? Or Peter there scratching his head. Well, did I teach that which was right on the day of Pentecost? Yeah. You know, guys, that's and just think, a lot of churches would have said, now, guys, if we keep this up, there's going to be some disputing. Yeah. So the best thing we can do is pay no mind to this. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We might make some Pharisees mad. We don't want to offend anyone. We'll see just a little bit more, Wesley. When they come to consider the matter, they came to consider it. And there was some right. disputing that went on over this. Oh, yeah. So you can't run from an issue because there may be some disputing that's going to go Oh, on. yeah. Somebody get their feelings hurt. You know, well, we got to stand for what's right. Look at verse 7. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice. Who made the choice? God. God made the choice. Who voted, so to speak? God voted. God made the choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. God made the choice by giving him a vision of a sheet let down from heaven three times with unclean animals on it and the voice from heaven saying, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. And he said, Not so. Nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. And the Lord said, Don't you call common or unclean that which I have cleansed. And he said, There's three men out at the gate. Go with them, doubting nothing. He went with them. When he got over there, he was moved by the Holy Spirit to teach the truth. And even the Holy uh, Spirit fell upon the Gentiles to show God's approval. And then Peter said, uh, with those six witnesses, Jews, that went with him, Who can forbid water? That these should not be circumcised as well as we circumcised. I mean, baptized as well as we. Uh, Of course, they're going to be circumcised of the heart. heart. That's right. Uh, So... I want you to notice water could not be forbidden because God made the choice. Gentlemen? Wesley, this is a great verse, and I've heard Tim use this many times with, in, court, in, in conjunction with the 10th and 11th chapters of Acts where the Gentiles con- were converted. Here is why the Holy Ghost was given to the Gentiles. Yes. Previous, prior to their being baptized in water. That's it. That wasn't usually the case, but it was the case here. That's right. And the reason being was to bear witness. Now, notice that verse again. God knoweth the hearts, bear them witness how? 
giving them the Holy Ghost even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them. See, the point is they had to hear the word of the gospel to believe. Faith comes by hearing, yeah. and hearing by the word of God. That's what converted me. He said, they'll tell you words in Acts 11 and 10, whereby you and your house will be saved. Tell you words. Well, they told them words, and as he began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as Acts uh, 10 and 11 records, as he fell on us at the beginning. Not since he, like he's fallen, fallen on everyone since the beginning, mm-hmm. had to go all the way back to the beginning. And we learned from Luke 24, 47 to 49, the beginning was Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And so they went all the way back to Pentecost to find the case where this happened. And Peter said when they did that, God was bearing witness right. to them and made no difference. Now, they, the law of Moses will make a difference. That's right. Between the Jew and the Gentile. Yeah. yeah. But now God, under New Testament Christianity, does not make a difference. That's right. And you notice, Peter, you know, what, what he said here, you know, even when there was much disputing, Peter had, had the right attitude. He called them men and brethren. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he, 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 he's there trying to help these people understand that there's only one gospel plan of salvation. That's right. And you've got to understand it and, and get it correct in order to teach it. But anyway... Here, you know, like our first caller said, the sum of God's word is true. As Eddie pointed out here uh, in the seventh verse here, that they should hear the word of the gospel and believe. The idea there of believed is a synecdoche. It's a part which stands for the whole. They obeyed the gospel. That's it. Yeah, they, they heard the word of the gospel. They believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And and this is, once again, rightly dividing the word of truth, taking the sum, S-U-M, of God's word. So, ye heard, so they heard the word. They believed. They repented of their sins. I know that from uh, Acts chapter 11, verse number 18. So here I know that they repented. They had to confess because anybody that didn't confess was in major trouble, according to Matthew 10, 32 and 33. And I know that they were baptized, Acts 10 and verse 48. That's right. So... Then, upon that, the Lord would add them to his church. And there's only one, according to Acts 2, verse 47. Tim, think what that does, what you just said. That's a great point. Oh, they heard the word of the gospel and believed. That means they obeyed. Now, take that with John three sixteen, and that really makes sense. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, now, John three sixteen, Eddie, Tim, Wesley, Mike, don't say a thing about baptism. No, it don't say a thing about repentance either. But when you understand that's a synecdoche, then it's included in anything that is necessary to be saved. That's what our caller said. Take the sum of God's Word. Amen. One of you read Romans 10, 16. I'm right there. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there. You mind reader. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. That's right. Now, what is the difference, ladies and gentlemen, in John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice you get everlasting life if you're a believer. Or Hebrews 5, 8, and 9. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Same thing. Same yeah. thing. John three sixteen says if you believe, you get everlasting life. Now, I want you to notice if you obey Hebrews 5, 8, 9, you get everlasting life. That's the sum of God's word, which says this. Those that get everlasting life are obedient believers. Right. And what about 
the disobedient. You know, a lot of people say once you become a believer, you can never become an unbeliever. Well, if that's true, why then can an unbeliever become a believer? That's right. And, of course, Hebrews 3 teaches Wesley that a believer, there can be in him in him an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That's right. I mean, it just, it's too plain. That's exactly right. Verse 10 says, Now, therefore, why tempt ye God? Now, let me tell you something, folks. When you change the plan of salvation... You're trying God Almighty. That's right. You're trying His patience. You're trying His nerves. And you're falling into the hands of the true and living God. You don't want to do that. If I said, all you got to do to be saved is stand on this table, brother, I'm tempting God, trying Him. I'm irritating the God of heaven because I have not humbled myself to accept His very word. And what he has told mankind to do in order to be saved. Now, friends, look at these denominations and all the different plans of salvation, all the different ways to worship, all the different organizations. And you mean to tell me that's from the mind of God Almighty when you've got a woman, a wife that will not even worship with her husband, children that can't worship with their parents, they despise one another because of what they believe, and you believe that's from God Almighty. You got too much sense for that, Amen. and so do I. Arise to truth, you on the air. Go ahead, please. I've got a brief comment. You know, as Christ walked the earth, sometimes it was the same diseases that He healed, and He healed them different ways. That was teaching us that the way that He says do so. You must do it to get what he promises. It's like one man I've read in the Bible, that he had leprosy. The prophet would then go out and talk to him, but he tells him to go dip seven times. The man thought he was so great that he shouldn't have to go to the old dirty water. He was ignoring what God said to him because he thought he was so great. And he served to him and said, why don't you do what the prophet has told you? So, you know, he goes and dips... And he's not clean until the seventh of them, but I believe the Bible says his skin was like a baby's skin. So you see, he's given us an example, it's wrote down in our Bible, of things that we must do to be saved. For instance, to repent and to be baptized for the remission of sin, and that's what it says baptism for, is the remission of sin. So if we do those things, then we have the promise of God. And we shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, just as he said we would. So you, you get to think that he has wrote this down. It works for all generations. And we must fit into what God has said to him. So instead of having different denominations, as also Paul said, we should all speak the same things and be in agreement with the Word. Because the Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Friends, we've got to agree with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, or we have no agreement with Him. That's all I've got. Sir. Okay, thank you, sir. Bye. Boy, he made some great points. Let's Amen. talk about Naaman for a moment. He brought Naaman up in Second Kings 5, how that he had leprosy and the little damsel that had been taken captive, the Israelite lady, said, I would to God that my servant, or master, rather, my master, 
were, was in Samaria, then the prophet of God would cure him. Well, what does he do? He goes to the wrong source. He goes to the king of Israel. And then the prophet of God finds out about it and sends for him. He comes down. The prophet of God won't even go out and talk to him, sends a servant out, tells him to go dip in the Jordan River seven times, and his leprosy will be gone. Well, he doesn't like that. He said, well, are not uh, uh, Banna and Farfar uh, rivers in Damascus far better than the Jordan? Probably so. Jordan could be awful muddy. Is not one river just as good as another? Yeah. yeah. Now, Tim, think about this. If a, a denominational preacher had been down there when he was getting ready to dip in the Jordan River, Man, don't believe in water salvation or healing. Fall on your knees and ask the Lord to heal you right now. And if you'll trust in God praying, brother, you watch that body be healed. What would happen to him? He'd have still been a leper. He'd yeah. have, he'd have still, he wouldn't have, have been cleansed of his leprosy. You know, and, and the denominational preacher, no matter if he would have called him uh, any type of name, such as a water dog or a Campbellite or anything like that, yeah. I mean, bottom line is he was to do what the uh, prophet or the servant of the prophet right. told him to do. You know, that's Tim, it. he said somewhat the mindset of a denominational preacher, if you please. Yeah. Naaman said, I thought he'd yeah. come out and strike his hand over the place and call on the name of the Lord his God, and I'd be healed. What men think don't bring about the cleansing of leprosy. No, that's right. It's what God says it brings it about. Yeah, then, then, you know, the Bible says, you know, so he turned and went away in a rage. I mean, he's highly upset. Why can't I do this, this way? Yeah. Eddie, was the power in the Jordan River? Of course not. No, the power is in God's Word, doing what God said. That's exactly right. The power and virtue comes in doing it God's way. Amen. Now, friends, that's what we're trying to tell you. Don't do it our way. Don't do it the Baptist way, the Methodist way, the Presbyterian way. Do it God's way. Use your good mind in your Bible. But when, right. but, but when the prophet told him that you had to go and dip in the Jordan seven times, that means he had to get in the water. That's right. And he had to do it seven times. That's right. Six. Now, I don't know why God chose the Jordan. I don't know why he chose the number seven. See, people say today relative to baptism, I don't see any sense in it. Well, you see any sense in trying to dip in the Jordan River no. to get rid of leprosy? Or taking, uh, making a clay of spittle and stick it on a blind man's eyes and tell him to go and wash in the pools alone? That's, right. That's right. You may not see any sense in it, but if God says do it, Amen. and you do it, it'll work. That's right. And that's all, what we're trying to sell you on on this program. We're trying to sell you on God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, the inspired Word of God, the Church of the New Testament, the plan of salvation that's taught in the New Testament, Amen. and the kind of life that God wants you to live as per the New Testament. Are you a Christian? If not, why don't you hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized for the remission of your sins, and the Lord will add you to His church. You be faithful to Him. Put Him first in your life. And when the roll is called up yonder... You'll be there. If there's any way at all that we can help you, please contact us. We're your servants. We want to do all we can to help people go to heaven. Hey, thank you so much for being with us today. And may God richly bless you as you continue to study the greatest of all books, the inspired, inerrant, perfect will of God.